Let's come to God's word this morning. Uh, so grateful for this opportunity to be here. Uh, if I could request those who could occupy the front seats so that I'm not speaking to empty chairs. <laughs> anyway, let's pray. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would anoint our ears to hear your word. That we would not be like the ones you said, ever hearing but not perceiving. But you've said you reveal the secrets of the kingdom to your disciples. And I pray, God, that you would open up our understanding in a fresh and new way this morning. Amen. Great. The title's up. We're talking about us today. Kingdom Agents 007. <laughs> Um, reading from Matthew 4:17 in the Amplified Version, from that time Jesus began to preach, crying out, "Repent! Change your mind for the better. Heartily amend your ways with abhorrence for your past sins, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." Is this too loud? No, it's good. Okay. Okay, so the explanation for repent is already given to you there. Change your mind for the better. Heartily amend your ways. So you were walking in this direction and basically repent means you turn around and you walk in another direction. And we do that every day, do we not? I repent for buying that butter, it was lousy. I'm not going to buy that, I'll buy this. That's the meaning of repent. You were doing this, you no longer do it. And now you're going to do this. So Jesus announced his ministry with this. Repent for the kingdom of God is here. Or is it at hand? And someone just before him said the same thing. Do you know who? John the Baptist. So what Jesus is doing is he's saying this is a continuation. John was preparing the way and telling you, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And in many ways, Jesus came to bring the kingdom of God here and there. He sings, repent. It's the same message. The kingdom of God is here. Now the Jews longed for a Messiah, a conquering king who would come to overthrow oppression. And Jesus did come to throw, overthrow oppression, but not the kind that they were looking for. Okay, it was not just about Israel being taken captive by the Romans, but the oppression that he wanted to overthrow was for all the image bearers. Who are the image bearers? Humanity. Everybody is made in the image of God. And he came to overthrow the oppression of sin in our hearts. And that is why, you know, when you read in Isaiah... Uh, 61, it says, Jesus, this, is, this describes Jesus' mandate and vocation, which he then gives to us as well. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and to release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Haven't we been singing about this this morning? And to provide for those who grieve in Zion, 
to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, an oil for joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a, and instead of a spirit of despair. And then he goes on to say, he says, and they will become oaks of righteousness, the splendor of God. Who? The ones that were released. The ones that were in, in dungeons, the, the ones that were prisoners, the ones that were captive, the ones that were brokenhearted, the ones that were bruised, the hopeless, now become oaks of righteousness, the planting and the splendor of God. This was Jesus' mandate and vocation to bring the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? See, dealing with the Romans was like, would have been like just putting band-aid on a, on, a, on a huge problem. Okay? Because the problem really was the sinful state of all our hearts. And that's what Jesus came to set us free from. He came to preach the kingdom. And then he says that in Luke 4, uh, verse 43, Luke 4, 43, he says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because this is why I was sent. Jesus was very clear. I have come to preach the kingdom of God. So he did this by, an, he, uh, he announced his kingdom and then he goes on to tell us what is his kingdom like and where does he do that? He does that in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, you want to know what the kingdom is like? Here, let me tell you. He sat down and he said, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and he goes on to tell them you want to be in the kingdom well this is kingdom lifestyle this is the constitution these are the values of the kingdom and he explains actually the law that was given to Moses he's saying you have heard it said but now I say to you and he's explaining this is how you should have understood it he who has ears let him hear okay so what was in plain sight was still hidden and a mystery. And he, say, and he reiterates that in John 15, verse 15, where he says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from the Father, I have made known to you. It was not for the others. And if you read the parables, he says, for them, I speak in parables. For you, I tell you, I reveal the secrets. So pray, God, open my, unstop my ears. Give me revelation. Give me understanding. Because the natural mind, as it's to, we are told in Corinthians, does not understand the things of the spirit. But the things of the spirit are discerned by the spirit. So if we have the Holy Spirit in our hearts, then it says he will reveal and he will lead us into all truth. Right? He will show us. He will lead us. So make, as you're listening to me, pray, God, open my understanding. At the end of last year, I shared something. And I said, I felt this is the focus for 2024. Don't ask what God can do for you but through you. And unfortunately, a lot of Christianity has become about bless me God, my job, my this, my that. 
and yes god blesses us he is a good good father yeah but just like jesus we have a vocation we have a kingdom mandate and that is to bring the kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven what can god do through you you know we have been brought out of a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light you know and our entire lives are lived from being in god's kingdom so we don't do this jump 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 kingdom of darkness kingdom of light sunday kingdom of light monday kingdom of darkness do we live like that we shouldn't you can't okay there is no sacred and secular divide everything we do whether you're washing clothes or cutting vegetables or putting the garbage out or coding something really hi-fi i don't know what you guys do at work you know all those fancy stuff it's all to the glory of god all to the glory of god yeah but you know this was not always the case this was not always the case and it's good to remind ourselves of this god created a perfect place called eden god gave man and woman a vocation did he not fill the earth multiply steward it well and he gave them certain commands but we know that they gave into the trap of de- deception the devil tricked them they doubted god they disobeyed and then we had the corruption mankind got corrupted because of sin and we lost our god given vocation which was to fill and subdue the earth we gave we handed that over to satan by a simple act of disobedience but god is a covenant keeping god he always wanted a relationship he said i want a peculiar people who will live the way i want um people to live to show the world how, what it means to have a relationship with and he always he kept his covenant yeah but israel rebelled and then came christ he said i will come and show first adam how this life needs to be lived the second adam which is jesus lived a perfect life died on the cross for our sins not just for our sins but to restore to us our god given vocation and so when it says when we beca- we accept the finished work of the cross we become new cre- creations the old is gone the new has come not only are we new creations we now get to collaborate with jesus we are co-partners with him in restoring this and and living out the kingdom mandate but we still see things that are not you know the world seems to be going in one direction things don't seem to be going on well so we live in this period of the has come kingdom of god has come and has yet to come it's here and not yet and the good news is that one day one day there's going to be a grand celebration when christ returns you know when he comes back he is going to restore all things 
completely. No more tears, no more sadness, no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more death, no more sin. But till that day, you and I have a kingdom vocation. So, like I said, Jesus started his ministry with repent for the kingdom of God is here. What is repentance? Repentance is basically the doorway into the kingdom. Is it a one-time act? I repent for my sins and that's it? Ticket to heaven? No. There is a continual cycle of repentance and renewal. And this needs to happen on a daily basis. How many of you sin every day? We do. So then how many of us need to repent every day? And how many of us are being renewed every day? All, okay? Because there is a false gospel going on out there that's saying you don't need to repent anymore. Christ has done it all. As he is, so are we. They misquote that verse in 1 John. What we call an over-realized eschatology. No, we are not yet perfect. We have the righteousness of Christ and that is our positional standing with him. But we are being made holy, present, continuous. And that will continue, my friends, till the day we die. So some can preach what we call a two-chapter gospel. There is the fall and then Christ came, the gospel, and that's it. Some may even preach a three-chapter, but I've given you, I've showed you the steps there. Okay, it doesn't end with the cross. It doesn't end with the cross. There's a job for us to do. Otherwise, we, we could have just gone, hallelujah, we're in heaven, you know. But there is a renewal. And that renewal mandate is not just for you and me so that we become better people and our lives are better. No, that we bring renewal to the entire earth. To, the, to all of mankind. We bring the shalom of God. What is peace? No, peace is not this, okay? Peace, peace. Hurry, hurry, yeah, peace, you know. <laughs> Hate, war, love, peace. No. Peace is wholeness. Peace is wholeness is in, in its entirety. Bringing wholeness to body, mind, soul, spirit. Bringing wholeness to society. Bringing wholeness in our relationships. Bringing where there is injustice, remember, Isaiah 61, that is a description of peace. Binding up the brokenhearted, setting the prisoner free, releasing those who are in darkness. When we do that, there is shalom. And God has called, he has called us his ministers of reconciliation. He is our peace, breaking down every dividing wall. That is our God-given mandate. Wow. So we are not just objects of, of renewal, that is God's work in us, but now we become agents of renewal. Woo! Isn't that amazing? We are agents of renewal. We are better than James Bond. James Bond can handle one thing at a time, and even that is all drama, you know? I mean, here we, we sit and we pray, and heart blockage in Texas disappears. Imagine that. That is what we've been called to do. So as objects of renewal, 
What's happening? We are being changed from one degree of glory to another, I said. We are in the now and the not yet. We have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And we are told we have to renew our minds. We, we are transformed as we renew our minds. So there's a continual work happening. So don't be discouraged. There are some good days and there are some really bad days where we completely blow it. But thank God it's a renewal cycle because when we come to God in repentance, he is faithful to forgive. Amen? So to reduce salvation to just our sins being forgiven is too small a thing because you know as we are being renewed in our lives we become agents of renewal and transformation as Christ's ambassadors all of us are Christ's ambassadors it's not for the professionals or the special people you are a Christ ambassador. You are a Christ ambassador. You are a Christ ambassador. Do you know what that means? Your home is an embassy. Ooh. Your home is an embassy. Where does the ambassador live? In the embassy. You want to meet the ambassador, you go to the embassy of France. Where is it? Mumbai. Right? But you as an ambassador of Christ, there's an embassy in... What's that? Oyo, yo, 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 one, pude, whatever. <laughs> okay. There's an em there is an embassy at NIBM Suvarna Yug. There's an em embassy at Rose Parade. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. I'm amazed. I don't know about you. Okay. So this has got nothing to do with coming to church on Sunday, set up, set down. No. That's one teeny weeny tiny bit of our Christian life, you know. The church is the vehicle through which the manifold wisdom of God is made known to everyone. And that, my friends, is lived out outside of Ashirwad Hall. Not here. Here you get your you get your, your docket, you get your dossier, you get your job description. You take it on Sunday and you go out and from Monday to Saturday you put it into practice. Okay, Jesus is coming back. Yes, the kingdom is larger than the church, but the church is the vehicle through which his kingdom will advance. He's coming back for his bride the church and up till then we have a job to do so as agents of renewal where does it begin it first begins with me I the individual then collectively as a church and then as a church we take it into the community the more important thing is the spiritual transformation that needs to happen within the church. Is she that peculiar people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation? Does the church look like that? We need to ask ourselves. You know, therefore transformation must start with personal surrender to God. And we've been hearing that for the last three weeks and la uh, last Sunday, Karan spoke about 
is Jesus Lord? And when we say he's Lord, it means it's going to require a certain response. So when we surrender to God, things begin to change. You know, whatever we do here has a bearing on eternal life. It has a bearing on eternal life. The rewards we will get, but it also affects the here and now. How? Let's look at what is an agent of change. What is an agent of change? Okay? An agent of change operates as a catalyst for transformation. Two agents that we've been called by the Bible are salt and light. Jesus also called himself the light of the world. And then he says, you are the light of the world. Why? Because we are image bearers. We bear his image. So if he's light, we are light. We reflect his image. Very simple. Made in the image of God. So the more we become like him, the more we will reflect him. The more we think like him, the more we will act like him. And this has a bearing on everything that we touch. And, that's what I, and this is the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies. You know, in Isaiah 60, he says, Arise and shine, for your light has come. See, darkness covers the earth. And then he goes on and on. So there are many references to us being light. What is light? Light transforms, changes darkness. You, it can be pitch black, but if you light one match stick, it changes the atmosphere, does it not? Sin gets exposed in light. Light illuminates. The word of God is also called light. It says, your word is a light, as a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. You know, when we allow the word of God to dwell in us richly, his lamp, lights our feet and that is for our daily walk and it lights our path for our future. So he's there for our todays and he is there for our tomorrows. Okay? Therefore, that light is also not there for just for illuminating myself but I am called the light of the world. Okay? As Christ followers, as his image bearers, we should be able to answer questions that the world is asking. And we should be able to provide solutions to the problems the world has no answer to. And when you think about it, look at the missionaries, the foresight and the long-sightedness with which they built things. Look at the schools they built. Look at the hospitals they built. Till today, what was built 150 years ago still stands. Does it not? And yet a bridge that was built five years ago has collapsed. How? How? Because when there is darkness in our hearts, we are guided by selfish interests. But when there is light, then we work for justice. We work for equality. We work for, to a higher standard. Why? Because we are answerable to God and we reflect 
his character in our lives that's a little bit about light what about salt salt transforms whatever it is put into it can preserve it heals it flavors and it can destroy we are the preservative of society it says meat rots because there isn't enough salt you know in the old days how did they preserve meat for the winter the lot of salt they salted the meat and they dried it and they could then carry it on long journeys and it would not get spoiled but if you didn't salt it properly then yes it could get salt so was the problem with the meat is the meat the problem where's the problem salt less salt so now hear me is there a problem with our country is there a problem with our country yes why is there a problem because there isn't enough salt let's stop blaming cm pm tm whatever okay meat rots because there isn't enough salt and it is time my friends you and i as ambassadors to be the salt and light we have forgotten our god given mandate and vocation let's rise up let's rise up salt can also destroy now i lived in mumbai all my life till we came to pune and we lived very close to the sea and believe me salt air is the lousiest thing because anything that is iron anything it corrodes you have to paint paint scrub put that uh, what is that um, oxide red oxide on your iron bars first and then paint because it will just corrode and destroy it you see uh, if you've ever been on a ship or you see they for constantly scrubbing cleaning scrubbing cleaning why ah nial you're here seaman tell us why do you do that yeah because if the salt air sits on that suddenly you'll find the whole ship just corrode and you'll be in the water so you got to be cleaning cleaning painting painting right think about that as us as salt in society if we are there in society <coughs> sin cannot thrive because as the presence of salt we can demolish the works of darkness ever thought about that yes we there where there we preserve but we also challenge and disrupt dark deeds just by us being there and on the sweet side we bring flavor to what is insipid when you put salt in a dish it just brings out all the delicious flavors remember don't ask what god can do for you but through you when does salt lose its saltiness when it has been mixed with something does it not if you mix salt with anything else 
and you are used to putting one teaspoon of salt in something, but if it is adulterated, you'll say, hey, it's still not salty, I need to put two spoons of salt to get the same desired effect. And we need to ask ourselves, as salt, have I got corrupted? Have I got adulterated? Do I resemble or look like that peculiar people, the royal priesthood, the holy nation? Or am I beginning to look like just about everybody else in my lifestyle, in my thoughts, in my desires, in my deeds? You know, society does not really appreciate us for our fancy buildings. Even we may be very impressed with our songs, but they're not, frankly. Okay, so let's take a chill pill. They're not. When will they be impressed with you and I? Let's look at that. You and your city. We are apostolic agents. You know, Jesus in Matthew 5:16, in the same way he said, let your light shine before others that they may see what? Your fancy church? That they may see your, what does it say there? Good deeds, good deeds. And glorify your father in heaven. They're not interested in your building, your lights, your strobes, your guitars, forget it. When they see your good deeds, they glorify your father in heaven, we are apostolic agents. What is, what is, what is it to be an apostle, apostle? We think that's a title reserved for one man. Wrong. An apostle is someone who changes or influences culture. In the days gone by, Rome would send apostles to the places they conquered so that they would make all those cities look like little Rome. So they replicated the architecture, the art, the music, the language, everything, so that everything began to look like Rome. We're going to look at a small video clip and just watch that. Yeah, this one. What did you observe? What, what kind of growth? Yeah, last year? Patterns. I'm not a math student, but I'm fascinated with this. The big fancy word for it is fractals, okay? Who's that guy? Fibbi, Fibbi, Fubi, Fubu. Fibonacci. Yeah, he's the guy. Patterns, patterns. As apostolic agents, when we replicate salt and light, you saw that one generation, two generations, three generations. I'm not talking about cloning. I'm talking about Christ's DNA. Christ's DNA going and going and going and going and going in society. Will not society begin to look different? But if the church is stuck inside, no change, okay? So, uh, yeah, we could, yeah. 
our good deeds will gain good will that will make way for the good news. You just can't go up to someone and tell them Jesus died for your sins. They're not interested. Your good deeds create a way. You get goodwill. There's friendship. People are willing to listen to you. And that is a bridge for the good news. Okay? So, before we can tell, we must show. How do we show? With our lifestyle. Before we can show, we must take the trouble to know. Do I know my city? Do I know the pain points of my city? Where is my city hurting? Am I being Isaiah 61 to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the cap? Who are the captives in my city? I need, I need, I need to take the trouble to know. We need to change our language. Too often I've heard Christians say, this country. I said, what do you mean this country? You don't belong to it? My country, my people, my city. <coughs> this is important, my friends. Don't take a step back and think, oh, I'm, the, I, I'm not as sinful as them. Oh, you know what Nehemiah did? He identified with the sin of the nation. He says, forgive us, forgive me, for we have sinned. So let's do that. You know, in the past few weeks, Colin has been challenging us. Who are you living for? Who are you living for? The answer to that question will determine how you live and how you engage with society around you. <coughs> Most people... Move, move to a city to take from it rather than to give for it. Come on, let's be honest, isn't that true? We move to take from it rather than to give. Now I'm going to ask us a question here, okay? Uh, how many of you were born in Pune? Can you raise your hand? Okay, can you stand? Because this is going to be really stark. Sorry, can you stand? Can you count? How many have been born in Pune? One, two, three, four. Great, thank you. Please sit down. How many of you are not from Pune? Can you stand? Look at that. Look at that. <coughs> Can you please sit? Have I made the point? What's the point you're asking? You are not here by accident. Why do I say that? If you read in Acts 17.26, it says, He determines the time and the places where you should live. Your job didn't bring you here. God used it. You are here for a reason. For whatever length of time. Six months, one year, Three years, five, ten, or a lifetime. Can you seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which you are now a part of? In Jeremiah 29, verse 6 to 7, commands us, seek the prosperity and peace of the city because when it prospers, you prosper. 
He says, build, plant, plant vineyards, marry. What is he saying? He's saying, put your roots down. Now, I know this is not everybody, but for as long, if it is for three years, put your roots down for three years. Okay? Now, this is, this is something we've got to do if you're saying, I want to be salt and light. So we, the whole church, and that's the big C, and the small C, which is the local churches, take the whole gospel, that is not just sin and salvation, that is the Isaiah 61 mandate, to the whole city, we will begin to see transformation. So as kingdom agents, to wrap up, there's so much more I'd like to say, but this is a prophetic word I felt God give me for word of grace. So this entire message is fleshing out what God, don't ask what God can do for you, but through you. And I pray that we will begin to make impact. You know, not only we will, we, will we have great impact on word of grace, but word of grace will begin to have great impact impact upon our city, Pune. Amen? Amen. So we're going to take a few minutes to process what we've just heard. We've got some process questions. So if we can break up in groups of three or four and discuss, okay? Because otherwise we will be those who says, he who has hears, let him hear. And we don't hear and we don't put into practice. So let's break up into groups of threes and fours and answer these questions. What one point struck you today? How do you feel the Holy Spirit is, what is he putting his finger on? How have you been salt and light? What will you change in the way you behave as a result of what you've heard? What does it mean to take the whole church the whole church taking the whole gospel to the whole city. What does that actually begin to look like? Man, I'll just close in prayer. And yeah. Father, I just, when I keep thinking about this, I'm amazed at how much you have entrusted to each one of us. And I pray, God, that the remainder of our days we will live to please you and to fulfill our God-given vocation. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. So can we break up into groups of three and four, please? Thanks.